Uh, we're talking about uh, circles being better than rows. Rows are good. We love rows. You're in rows this morning. Rows are good. We're going to always have rows. We have rows here on Sunday, and we'll have rows again on Wednesday, and then we have rows on Thursday night. But we have learned that circles are better. Chairs in circles are better than chairs in rows. And we're going to talk about what that means in just a minute. Pastor Doug Bartlett is here today, my friend. Will you and Miss Ann stand up and wave at us? We want to see you. He's on vacation. That's what he looks like on vacation. Right there. He is awesome. Looks like he's had a lot of family come between him and his wife. But still, we love y'all. And uh, Pastor Doug is at Mount Olive First PH. Um, when he came, there's about 30 people. There are 500 people in that church now. Then that, hey, listen, wait, just hold it. You, this is gonna make you freak out right here. He is the father of Matt Bartlett. <laughs> of the Matt Bartlett band. <laughs> Love you guys. So glad you're here today. Um, we looked at the early church and how fast the early church grew in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came down in the upper room and uh, they preached the gospel in many different languages. Therefore, many people heard the gospel and were born again into the family of God. As a matter of fact, on the very first day of that church's existence, it became a mega church. 3,000 people came to Christ the first day of that church's existence. And so we wanted to find out what did they do with all those people? How did they make sure those people received ministry? How did they make sure the sick got visited and the brokenhearted got uh, some love and comfort from other members of the church? And we looked at how they got plugged into service and how did they um, get discipled? How did they grow? How did they mature? They were all baby Christians, so how did they help them get their roots down so they'd be strong, mighty Christians? And we found a pattern in Scripture. And it's all encompassed in that house-to-house, -house, that home group. Let's look at a scripture, Acts 5.42. It says that they met in temple courts, in the temple courts. And that is a picture of how we're gathered here today. As a matter of fact, we discovered that the archaeologists of that day and, and the Bible scholars uh, um, who studied that time said that you could hold 50,000 people in the courts, in the temple courts. And so they had to have multiple services and they had multiple locations so that they could accommodate all the people. Do we know something about multiple locations and multiple services here? Yes, we do. And that's one of the ways that we're able to minister to everybody. But then the Bible says in Acts 5.42, and they met day after day in the temple courts and from, everybody say it, house to house. Right there is the key. Right there is the key. We know that what got us here as a church won't get us where we're going. Same gospel, yep. Same message, yep. Same Bible, yep. Different method, yes. Going to change the method. So we're encouraging you to get in a small group. We're going to talk about the benefits of small group today. And I'm going to let Pastor Andy get going with us here. Pastor Andy Stovall. Let's give it up for Pastor Andy. 
I just heard you. Nice. Oh, Kevin Caps, Mike, working, baby. Awesome. Give it up for Kevin. And I want to say that we share responsibility with you guys. We share responsibility. Uh, sometimes we forget to turn the own button oh, yeah. on. And then nice. sometimes I leave mine on my back because I think it just looks better. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, thanks for coming today, guys. Pastor Andy, talk to us about some of the benefits of a small group. Now, before we get started, let me just say this. You might say, I'm not in a group, um, not really interested maybe in joining one of the life groups at the bridge, but I know a couple people and they're not in a group either. What if we just started meeting at my house and what if we just started our own group? Awesome, mm -hmm. great. We'd love it if you'd let us know about it. And uh, we'd love for you to come under the umbrella of a life group. We're not going to try to control anybody, but we need accountability with each other. So I'm telling you, as we go through this today, think about if you don't want to join a life group of people, you're not sure you know them. If you know some people who want to form a group, we're open to that. Right? Absolutely. Yep. And, and the other reason that's uh, valuable is because we have people that want to get involved in groups and maybe we don't have an opening. And if I know that you have a group, and I know that you're meeting regularly, then it enables us to get that person plugged in. I, I had a person this morning said, I'm looking for a group in Mount Olive, and we need some leaders in Mount Olive to step up. Yes, that is a commercial. We need some leaders in Mount Olive uh, to, to step up and say, I would open my home, and I'm willing to be a, a life group leader and a host home. Uh, you know, you can do both, or you can do, uh, do one of those things, but that is a very, very helpful thing. And so, you know, there's no, there's no competition. Doug is here. He's pastor in Mount Olive, you know. And, and we said this before when we were talking about life groups. We have a lot of guests that are here today, maybe seeing their children dance this morning. Listen, this is about the kingdom of God. What we're going to be talking about today is what we can do to effectively reach people that are dying without Jesus. And the Bible is very clear. If you, if you die without Jesus, without a relationship with him... You don't go to heaven. There is a hell. It is a very real place. And we don't want anybody going there. And so we want to reach all the people that we can possibly reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And look, it takes all of us. The reason we pray for other churches on Sunday morning, we need other churches. This is a kingdom thing. This is not a bridge church thing. It's not a Mount Olive first thing. It is a kingdom of God thing. And we want to reach people with the message of Jesus. And so... One of the things that we've looked at as a church is, is small groups. And we have small groups. We call them life groups here. Some of the things we looked at last week were, were the benefits that you have from them and, and their authentic relationships and accountability. And those are very important things. Care, pastoral care comes from that. I mentioned we had a family. They were here in the early service and they had had a fire in their home this week. I was able to get on Facebook, get on the phone, contact our life group leaders, and we got people out there all throughout the week helping them, doing various things, getting their self in a position to get that home uh, taken down and demolished and then putting a new home up. And so, you know, that's what it's about. It's about loving on people and reaching out to people and being Jesus to people. And, uh, you know, we've, we, it's, it's almost cliche. We say we're the only Bible that a lot of people will ever read. But that's absolutely the truth. 
And the other benefit of life groups and what we want to talk about today as we begin is reaching the de-churched and the unchurched. A person who's been in church maybe, they were in church earlier in their life, um, they experienced something. I, I, I asked this question earlier, anybody ever had anybody let them down? Yeah? Disappoint you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've done it. I, not just to him. I've done it to some of you. I've let some of you down before. You know, I mean, we do that. That happens in, in life. But, but a lot of times people, and we understand this, people are going to walk through the doors of our churches in Wayne County and Johnston County and surrounding counties. And guess what? They've been hurting church. You know? They've experienced hurt, and for whatever reason, they looked at it and said, you know what, i just got to take a break for a while. I'm de-churching my family. They're de-churched people. And then there are unchurched people, people who never, uh, they've never attended church. It wasn't a big deal with their family growing up, and so they just never did it. And so you've got this group of people that live in your community. They live in your subdivision. You drove by their house today on the way to church. And you know they're unchurched because they were out doing whatever. I mean, I, I have had to cut grass before. I have been reprimanded for cutting grass on Sunday. I had a little old lady that lived across the street from me one time, and she said, you are a preacher. I cannot believe you are cutting grass on Sunday evening. You're going to go to hell for that, you know. And uh, you're not, okay. But um, I, I agree with her. <laughs> But we want to reach people that we know we're driving by their home and we are not connecting with those folks. So how do we do that? How do we do it? Maybe, maybe we've invited them to church and we've never been able to get them to come to church with us. I'm telling you a way that is effective that we've found here. And this isn't manipulation, but it is an effective way to get someone's around some church folks and find out they don't pull out rattlesnakes and drink strychnine, okay? You can get them in your home. If you do that at home, don't do it that night, okay? But you can invite them to a life group, okay? You can get them involved. You can invite your neighbor, have them come to a life group, allow them to get connected, meet some people you go to church with because they may darken the door of your home and go into your kitchen and eat food from your table where they would never come into this church just because they've got this idea of what it is or maybe they're gonna they're gonna want something oh my goodness I'm getting invited somewhere and I'm, they're gonna want something from me and so we get them to our home we love them we show them Jesus I'm telling you it has been an effective way for us Life groups has really translated to people coming to church on Thursday and Sunday. There may be some people sitting here right now who you're from another church or you're visiting today from out of town. Let me just address how you might be feeling like, what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. This doesn't have anything to do with me. And they're talking about a program in their church. We're not. We're not talking about a program in our church. We're talking about... I don't care where you're from or why you're here, you need to be doing life with a small group mm -hmm. of people. So this does apply to you. And, uh, and so I hope you'll hear it that way. Yeah, I will tell you personally that, that I come from a church where we, we didn't have, I mean, we had church on Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. We had a lot, lot going on, so we didn't come from a, from a small group background. But now that it, it is in my life and it's, I've incorporated it into my life, 
I will never go back to that. And, and I hope I never leave here, but, it, but if something happens and I do, life groups, small groups, being a part of a community um, will always be a part of our lives. It has changed our lives for, for the good. And I think that, that over and over and over again, we see in the Bible where, where the, the Great Commission, when, when God says, go into all the world mm-hmm. in, in, in Jerusalem, and our Jerusalem is our neighborhood. And that's everybody's neighborhood that we live around. It's the people that we drove by that know that we go to church. I, I, I was told a long time ago that, that some of the best testimony we can ever do is we don't ever open our mouth. But people see our actions. They see what we do. They see our routines. People know our routines. That we get, that we get up and we're going to church every Sunday. They know that. They see that. And by our actions, we are, we are, we are making a big, huge impact in, these, in, in, in our community. Well, Matthew 28, 18, you know, the reason that we're talking to you about inviting people that live in your subdivisions, your neighbors, it says, uh, says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. That's Jesus speaking. And he says in 28, 19a, therefore go, go, tell the people that are in your life about me, go. And then he says, and this brings us to really uh, the other thing that we've been talking about as a church and, and really a paradigm shift as a church is make disciples. And that's the emphasis actually in that verse. It isn't in the going, it's in the making of disciples. God wants us to go out and he wants us to duplicate ourselves. He wants us to make disciples, to pour ourselves into the life of somebody else. Now, the reason that's a big deal to us and, and pastor, and God's just put this on his heart, and we're burdened for that is because we looked at ourselves as a church and said, are we really doing all we can there? Are we doing everything that we can? Uh, Kevin said it. I grew up in a church, and uh, that was the model I was, I was brought up in, and it was programs. We've got this program, and we've got that program, and you get into it. And, you know, and I've, I've even having to learn how to speak, you know, a language that isn't a church language. Do you catch yourself doing that? We learn churchy words, and people who don't go to church, they don't know what those words mean. And so we looked at ourselves here and said, how can we be more effective in making disciples? And we determined that one of the greatest ways we could do that is in circles, not in rows. Pouring yourself into the life of individuals, one individual at a time. You, You study the Bible together. Mm-hmm. You're able to ask questions, yep. and um, then people who are in your group who might be unbelievers see you as a believer walk that out. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? That's where the breakdown is. Right. Really, when people come here on a Sunday morning, they see and hear the music, uh, they see the words on the screen, they like it, maybe it ministers to them, helps them. They see something like the dance, what a powerful message that was, and then teaching of the Word today. But what we see and where we uh, benefit from small groups is we know the people. Yep. I know Andy Stovall. I know what he's going through. I know Kevin. I know what he's been battling with. I know what he's been going through. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's children. Maybe it's finances. Maybe you got laid off a job. What I don't get to see in rows is I don't get to see how Andy walked that out. Mm-hmm. I don't get to see how Kevin walked that out, but in circles, we get to see it. 
And that encourages me because then when it happens to me, I'm going to go to Kevin because I'm going to say, Kevin's been there. I'm going to go to Andy and say, Andy's been there. I've had people call me all the time. They know about personal things. I've been through battles I've had in my life, and they'll call me because they know, and that's what a small group does. It it creates that for you. I think we do it in the the business world. We look at people's failures, and we try to to not do that in in, in the business world. In in, In our spiritual world, it's the exact same thing. How did you get through that particular time? I've never lost a parent. Uh, I hope it is years that that happens, but, but, but I would go to someone who has and say, what did you do? What, right. what comforts you through this thing? And if, and if it's in my group, I have people in my group that have done that. Right. So, it, so it's very, very convenient. And they can go through that and they can walk me through it. And, and as leaders, we're, we're subject to fall too. I mean, very, very easily. And, and, and so we need our group to, to help us out in, in situations and and, and, and it's all of a group thing. It's not the leader is supposed to be the disciple maker of everybody. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach these kids. Because we don't know that, that we're doing it. Most of the time, we're just doing life and people are watching us. Mm-hmm. And, we're, and we're doing it. But it may not be so apparent that people just come up and say, man, thank you for making a disciple out of me. And I, what? I didn't do anything. Yeah. I'm just, we're, we're just doing it, doing life together. And we're strugg- making, getting through these struggles together. That's the biggest thing. Well, it's making disciple makers. You know, it's, it's, it's pouring into someone's life who is in turn going to pour into someone else's life. Now, why do we not do that? We don't do that because we fear failure. We're scared. And they're like, I oh, mean, I don't know how to do that. You did that. You did that real good, but I, I just don't know if I can do that. And when we're, when we're walking through life with each other and we're doing life together, you know, when you fall down and you skin your knee, what do you do? You get back up, right? You dust your knees off and you keep going. If, if we make a mistake, we don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. That's kind of a... Well, That's pretty that was weird. I don't know what that means. Well, we don't do that. See, I said we don't do that, so that's good. Um, but you encourage each other, you know? And are we doing that? Do we have friends that aren't believers? Do we have friends in our life? Do we have people in our life that don't think the way we do? that don't live the way we live, but we're connecting with them and we're doing life with them. Because I'm telling you, you've got to do that. You've got to connect with folks because people are watching. We're talking about making disciples. Well, what is that? What does that look like? How, how do I respond? If I'm a disciple, how do I respond to that? The world is watching. I told the early service, I'm going to tell you guys, you're going to go out to eat today when you get done in here. You're going to go to a restaurant. Do you know the waiters and waitresses are not looking forward to us coming, all right? And you may come, and you may think you're incognito, all right? And that means in disguise. And you got a, you got a T-shirt on and shorts and flip-flops, and you think, well, they don't know whether I came from church or not. And they'll go, yep, look at there. There's another one in Bridge Boys coming in. And, uh, and the reason they don't look forward is because they know they ain't going to get no tip. They ain't getting no money. They're going to work and work and work, and you're going to drink five gallons of tea, and they ain't going to get nothing for it. When you go to the restaurant today, be Jesus. Tip 20%, no matter how good or bad, you be Jesus. You love on them. Give them a just because card. Tell them that you appreciate all the hard work they do. We want the world to know that there's something about this Jesus and that they ought to know him. 
The reason people aren't hungry to get to know him is because, and this is an indictment, not just, I'm not pointing the finger out there, but they see us. They see the church, not the bridge or Mount Olive, but they see the church and they're like, or any other church represented here, but they see us, guys, and they see how we react. They see how we treat them. And they're going, really? I want to be like that? I want to profess to be that way? Are you serious? Right, Kevin? Yeah, a little bit like accountability, you know, we're, we're, and, and, and how this relates about work with our tipping and our, the way we treat waitresses in general is, is we, can, we can have accountability in our group and, and help each other out with that. Some people struggle with different things. Um, and whatever it might be, when you get a group of people around, we come from so many different backgrounds and so many different, different uh, ways of life that we can see things and say, whoa, did you know that you talked to her a little bit out of the way? I, that's how I talk all the time. <laughs> you need to calm down, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, Road we're, but, rage. We're, but we're there to help that. You know, um, there's a story that goes in my group that we talk, we talk about a lot because I need it too, and, and, we, and we, we have problems with road rage sometimes, right? And most of the time it's because they are very <laughs> aggressive. Mine is just a little bit different. Mine was going down the road, and a guy pulled up beside me and blew me a kiss. <laughs> and I... And, my, and I had my wife and, and the girls there, man, and for some reason, it was like he slapped my mama. <laughs> and I was going to chase this kid down and tell him how bad he had upset me. And she is just letting me have it. Said, what are you doing? I just lost it for a minute, right? And that's what, and I tell that to my group, and they, you know, they blow kisses to me when they see me on the road, too. <laughs> They do that. If you had not blown a kiss back, it probably wouldn't have been such <laughs> yeah, I know, a big I know, day. I know, I know. But what I do is I, 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 we're transparent in our groups. Hey, I need help with that, man. I don't, I don't need to chase a kid down because he blew a kiss at me. And I need, them, I, need that, I need that accountability for people like that. And so in a group, we can be transparent and help each other out with struggles. Man, and I think it, the, the biggest part of it is, is I know that I got people that, that are going to love me when I mess up. Because I promise you, I'm a mess up. People will, people will not be transparent uh, in a setting like this in mm-hmm. rows, but they'll be transparent in a small group. Yes. And they'll say, I'm struggling with a temptation. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have to say what it is. If Kevin's the leader or you're, or you're one of the leaders in the group or you're one of the more mature Christians in the group and you got somebody there who's trying to get going, they just threw it out there. Man, I'm struggling with some temptation. All of a sudden, you're able to share me too. Yep. And they're like, what? Yes, me too. Wait a minute. I thought you guys weren't tempted anymore. And you like, bro, there'll never be a day when you're not tempted mm-hmm. till you get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And here's how I deal with temptation. And then tell them I said hello. And then... <laughs> And then you say, you say to them, um, I don't always win the battle. Yeah. Because I think, I think when people come in a church, they, they know we don't always win the battle, right. but they think we think we always right. win the battle. Mm-hmm. So when they actually hear a Christian say, I mess up. I messed up yesterday. I, I didn't win the battle. I was tempted to sin yesterday, and I did. Mm-hmm. And when that new believer or that believer who's not, maybe somebody's not a believer yet. They haven't even decided they're going to follow Jesus. Uh, 
to the, show them the off button on that <laughs> phone. Um, you know, the, uh, um, you know, you're able to share with them, dude, that's never going to come. You're going to battle. As long as you live in this world, you're going to battle with temptation. Yep. Sometimes you're going to fall. That's why you got this group. Right. That's why you got this group. And I said it last week, and I want to say it again because it's so important. We all drift. Mm-hmm. Everybody drifts. I drift. You drift. We all drift. The prayer and the hope is, and it always works out that way, when you're drifting, I'm okay, so I'm able to get you. When you're drifting, I'm okay, or you're okay, and I'm drifting. And, and we just, that, that's one of the major parts of a small group. And part of discipleship is people seeing how you work through your life and how the scriptures are applicable to your life every day of your life. That's the power of a small group. That's when you become a disciple. Absolutely. And it's a mandate. Yes. You mentioned this earlier. You know, it's, God doesn't suggest it. He doesn't say if, if you're having a good day or maybe you're having a good year, <laughs> uh, think about making disciples. He says, go and make disciples in Matthew 28, 19, of all nations. And then he says to teach them to obey in, in verse 20, everything I have commanded you. We've got to, we've got to, that, that's where that accountability is. That's where, when we're talking about right behavior, when we're talking about not blowing kisses and going down the highway. By the way, I'm riding to lunch with you today, and he's on his own. Um, uh, that's where that comes in, is, is we're, we're teaching, but we're, we're not, it's not just in the spoken word. It's not just in us, us digging in, and we do dig in, and we want to grow deeper, and we want to get off of milk and, and, and get on meat, but, but it's in our life. It's in the way we live and the way we present ourselves and the way we love each other, which brings us um, to one of the last and, and a very powerful reason that we encourage people to do life together is because you engage in meaningful service. Uh, the Bible says in James chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food, If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. We had an opportunity, one of our our ministry groups that goes out and and, uh, meets the community where they are, is outreach. We have outreach teams that go out. We've got some at the soup kitchen today. We've got some at the prison. We, did a, we started a, the, the Fountain Prison Outreach this past uh, Friday night. And yesterday I had the opportunity. I didn't, I didn't touch a microphone. I didn't get on stage. I stood behind a table and I poured about 450 cups of Mountain Dew uh, just over and over, nonstop. And I'll tell you what was incredible about it. The thing that was incredible about stepping out and just doing something for someone else just because Jesus loved them, just because Jesus died for that person, I mean, that's enough reason. But we were doing it, and these ladies would come through the line, and I mean, we're cooking hot dogs and, and chips and drinks, and that's, that's the lunch you have when you've gone to the lake or you're just in a big hurry and you've got to be somewhere in an hour and you know you can do that quick. And they're coming through the line with tears in their eyes and they're saying, man, I hadn't had a a hot dog in 10 months. I hadn't had a Mountain Dew 
in a year. This has been the best day I've had since I've been in this place. Thank you so much. It seems like such a small thing to us, but guys, it is such an enormous thing. When you step out of yourself and do something for someone, for no other reason, but that you're compelled by the love of Jesus. And that's what Life Groups affords us the opportunity to do. And to be able to do it with a group. Exactly. To be able to not feel like you've got that calling on you. Now watch this. A spiritual dynamic happens. You've got to understand that. A supernatural thing happens when you obey God. And when you serve another person, you are being Jesus. When you gird yourself with a towel and you wash another person's feet by pouring Mountain Dew or giving them a hot dog and saying, yeah, you messed up in your life or you wouldn't be here, but there are people out there who love you. And you're saying that to them. Tears are going down their face. And you put hope in that person. I'm saying to you this morning, that a spiritual dynamic happens there where God sees that obedience and he sees that outflow from your life so he pours into your life. Amen. You can fast. We talk about fasting. You can fast till, you know, you're skinny as a rail. You can pray until you're blue in the face. God is going to pour into you. And look, prayer, fasting, do we believe in that in this church? Absolutely. Not negating that. But a lot of times people will do that to keep from serving. When you take your prayer and your fasting and your uh, receiving, receiving of the Word of God, and then out of that intimacy with God flows into other people. A spiritual dynamic happens in your life, and God pours things into you, and you experience a walk in Him you would never have experienced without it. Now, here's how this relates to small groups. In small groups, we make that easy. Mm-hmm. We make that easy for you. Because if, if Kevin and Pastor Andy are in a small group, and, I'm, and, and let's say we, just our three families are in it, then we're talking about what are we going to do, guys? We had a great Bible study tonight. The Bojangles was good. Everything was great. What are we going to do now? Okay, next Thursday or next Tuesday or next Sunday afternoon, we're at the soup kitchen or we're going to do something on our own. Uh, Pastor Andy may say, I've got a neighbor and a tree fell over in her yard and so we're going to all go over there with our chainsaws and cut that up and clean her yard up. And when God sees that, when he sees you being Jesus in the community, then I'm telling you, and I know I'm repeating myself, but a spiritual thing happens and you are blessed by him in a way and in a depth that you're never going to be blessed by him in anything else you do. He'll get it to you if he knows he can get it through you. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. So service is so important. And, and how Pastor was talking about how it's so easy. There's projects that come along that just go straight to us and we send them straight to the group that the whole church doesn't even know about. And there, there's things that, that are happening all the time. And that's the easy part of it, man. We're just, I'm in a group, what? We got to do something? And we, and we go do it. And, I, and I'm guilty of it a lot, man. And, and, and I've, I've really been working on this past year where, where we have people, when we have prayer requests come up, well, I'll pray for you. And, and we may or may not. Right. Mm-hmm. 
but I needed my grass cut, and I go and cut their grass, that's actions. And that's going to stick way more in, in, in their head than me saying, I'm going to pray for you. Mm-hmm. Okay? And we want to pray. We, we, we believe in prayer. Amen. Prayer is very important. And in a small group, you see answered prayers all the time because there's so many people coming in with different things, and we see answered prayers. But I want to show somebody something. I want to show them that I care about them. And that's our actions, and that's where we're going to get, you're going to get plugged in. And, and it's just going to, be, it's going to be easy. It's going to, come, it's going to fall in your lap, basically. It's not going to say, I, I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. I promise you, you're going to have something to do. Well, so, go ahead. Get involved in a, getting involved in a life group is going to enable you, it's going to give you a platform to, to invest in someone else's life, yep. to make disciples. That's what God told us to do. He commanded us to do it. And so the question that we ask, you know, as we come to a close here this morning, well, this afternoon now, is, you know, where am I in that? Where am I? Am I doing that? Am I comfortable? And we want you to be comfortable in the rows. And, and as Pastor said, we want, we're going to continue to do this. But am I, am I connecting with someone on a deeper level? Am I in a circle somewhere? Am I, am I pouring my life into someone? Am I being mentored by someone? Maybe you're in a position where you need somebody to come alongside you and help you. There's some things that you're dealing with. Where are you in that? And then take those steps. And then in turn, go out and you make a disciple. Who makes a disciple? Who makes a disciple? Jesus is coming back. And we want the world to know it. And the way we get that message out. This is, a, this is a great place to start. But the most effective way is in our neighborhoods, in our communities, alongside the people that we work with. Letting them know that Jesus loves them. I'm telling you, you may not think they're listening. And you may not think they're watching. But when the rubber meets the road, and there's nowhere to turn but God... They will come knocking on your door. They will send you a text and they will say, I need to talk to somebody. Are you available? We want to be that kind of church, Pastor. Absolutely, we absolutely. Want to be that. So you're here today and you're going, I'm not in a group. I'm not doing life with anybody. Um, you know, I've been coming to the bridge. I like it so far. I'm happy, but it sounds like you guys are trying to kind of urge me to another level. And we are. We're trying to urge you to another level of commitment where you are not just coming and getting. And I love getting. I love receiving. Uh, but the blessing, Jesus said it. He said it is better to give, to let it flow through you than just to you. And right now some of you are just enjoying the flow to you. And that's fine. That's good. We want that. And we love that. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the best blessing is when it flows through you and touches the lives of other people. And small groups are such a great, great way uh, for you to do that. You know, it's kind of like when you're discipling somebody or you're coaching somebody or mentoring, and I know all those things have a little bit of difference in the nuance of their definition, but it's basically me saying to Pastor Andy, if he is a, a new Christian or not a Christian, to say to him, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to teach you, and then I'm going to say, now watch me do it. 
And then I'm going to come back after a while after we've, I've done some telling and teaching and then he's watched me and then I'm going to say, now I want you to do it and I'm going to watch you and I'm going to be there for you. And then when you see that person reach that place, you pat him on the back and say, now you go disciple somebody. And that was the plan Jesus had. That's Jesus' plan. That's the Word of God plan. That's not a program. That's not something the denomination sent down. That's in your Bible. And, and we know that if our church is going to go to a new dimension in Christ as a church and our effectiveness in the community, this is a major part of a paradigm shift for us. So we ask you to pray for us. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your pastors. Pray for your staff. Pray for the leadership of your church. We talk about you guys every day <laughs> and how we can help you grow and be better Christians and how we can... See, we want you to stand before God one day. Here's a win. You want to describe what a win looks like? When you're taking on a project, the first thing you want to do before you decide about how you're going to take that project on is go, what do I want in the end? What do I want the wind to look like? And then back up from that and decide what you got to do to make that happen. Y'all with me? So I'm looking out there at you and I'm going, what does a wind look like for me as a pastor? Here's what a wind looks like. When you step up and Jesus looks at you at the judgment and says, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's a wind for me. So, Everything we teach you, every strategy, just like small groups we lay out there for you, it is for that goal that when you stand before Jesus at the end, he says, well done. Amen. Let's pray.